Since the beginning of the church, persecution has been part of the Christian experience. In fact, the Bible tells us that all who seek to live a godly life will be persecuted. Today, an estimated 360 million Christians are living under severe religious restriction. On this podcast, we share their stories. And we answer the question, how can American Christians live as Christ in an increasingly hostile culture? The way of the persecuted is the harder way. And this is the Harder Way Podcast. Well, hello everyone, I'm Scott. And I'm Maddie, and welcome back to another new episode of the Harder Way Podcast. Episode 31. What? Yes, 31. Last week was 30. We did a whole thing about our 10th episode, our 20th episode, and for some reason we just skipped right on over 30. But yes, we've been uh, doing this podcast for 31 weeks. Wow, that's exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, we have 21 weeks to go until we've made it a year. Woohoo! That'll be a, that'll be a great milestone that'll be worth celebrating. Yeah, that'll be pretty cool. Fifty-two episodes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if you're enjoying the uh, the podcast, if it's blessing you, share it with somebody. We don't really advertise it or push it or anything. So we're just trusting the Lord to work through word of mouth and uh, and to work through the hearts of the people listening. So mm-hmm. we yeah. actually had a lovely lady uh, come up to us oh, yeah. on our way into church. Last yeah. week, and she told us how much she had been enjoying the podcast, and that it had been blessing her, and she'd been recommending it to people. So thank wow. you so much for that. I'm sure you're listening to this episode as well. Yeah. And to all of you who have sent us such positive feedback on the podcast, or who have been sharing it with other people, we really, really appreciate that because we know that this message is so important. Um, not that we're so great or, oh, we're so good at doing podcasts. No, I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like we're just, you know, God chooses some people to be Sunday school teachers. God mm-hmm. chooses some people to be pastors. God chooses someone to be givers or serve the communion. I mean, mm-hmm. we all have different things we do in the church and in the body of Christ in general. And we are just really privileged to be a bit invited in to be to this kind of like secret club of Americans that know about the persecuted church and have been able mm-hmm. to glean some wisdom. Yes. You know, and I have to think, um, uh, uh, Dawn, um, and, and Marion are the, the founders, founders of the ministry, uh, of the ministry uh, that uh, I have to thank them because especially with, with Dawn, because his ability to, be in a situation to listen to people speak and then to really understand the heart mm-hmm. or the core of what's happening is part of why we've been able to um, uh, to be able to gain the understanding we have. And, you know, and so then being around him for decades and, and around, around Mary for decades, I've been able to learn from them and we've been able to learn from them and to really learn their way of looking at these things and it's been a real blessing and we just pray it's a blessing to you because i have to tell you it hasn't made me rich but no lost, certainly not hasn't made me famous no but it has made me contented in the lord and that's the most important thing and we talked mm-hmm. about that i mean we've mentioned i think last week specifically we were talking about how wildly discontented are the people in our world today yeah. are and so the fact that we're doing something that allows us to feel contented that's an incredible blessing and a real privilege and if you want to uh know a little bit more about the uh just just this idea of how we kind of 
as a family got involved into this uh, ministry. That's actually what is being talked about in this month's Courier Update. So you're going to get some great information there. I know that many of you who are listening have already signed up for that. And that comes directly to your mailbox. It's paper. Mm -hmm. It's old-fashioned. We love it. Yes. So you can, if you are not signed up for it, please do because there is... There's stuff in there that you genuinely are not going to find anyplace else because other people in the States just do not have this information. So you can sign up for that. Uh, email us at nations for JC. That's nations, the number four, little j, little c, at gmail.com. And we will get you signed up for that. And those of you who already are, you're going to get a great career update uh, coming to you in about a week or so. And there's even a reference to my favorite show in this career update, Little House on the Prairie. So be, be on the lookout for that That's excitement. Reverend <laughs> an example to us all. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we get an opportunity right now just to kind of bring folks up to date, share we you know what's going on, and then uh, uh, a bunch of other ministry stuff going on as well as as we're you know preparing for the fall quarter at my at the university, the Bible college I teach at, and then also. Uh, um, we have a Bible program uh, that we uh, run uh, here in our hometown and a nine-month Bible certificate that we're doing, and we're, we're rounding up students and getting ready to, to launch that again. We do it all free. We trust God. And that's really, you know, the we, we trust the Lord to provide for us, and He does. Because He's real. Because He's real. And that's <laughs> really what today's discussion is about, mm-hmm. about living as if God is real. There's a famous uh, podcaster... Uh, psychiatrist, you probably know who I'm talking about, and he says, I have chosen to live as if God is real. And he tells others to to the same. First of all, my pride requires me to say that I was saying that years before he was saying it. it (laughs) Years before the famous intellectual was saying it, Scott Bond was saying it. (laughs) Yeah, his, his audience is in the millions and tens of millions, and my audience is in the tens and hundreds so so i thought you were going to say tens of thousands no i'm not that full of myself it's like oh okay no, so but but uh anyway uh and, and I, we he and i mean it in slightly different ways but but still the heart of it is the same and it's a really challenging statement if you get this and 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 if we can kind of talk this out a little bit maddie i think uh this has a tremendous impact on how we live our lives Living as if God is real. Mm -hmm. So the simple application is like this. Um, My buddies after work are going to go to someplace I shouldn't go. I don't know. You know, I'll have to list it. Fill in the blank. I'm sure anyone listening can think of lots of things that men might do after work that they shouldn't do. Right. And um, I'm thinking, well, my wife's out of town or whatever. I'm not going to do anything bad. I can just go. Just go to this place. No one's going to know. And, and I'll be. I'll go along to get along, right? My, maybe my boss is going and I want to score some points. So, um, but what if God was real? See, if God is real, that means God is what he claims to be. Number one, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. That means people. that God's at that place I'm going. Yep. That means that God's omniscient he knows not only what's happening at that place i'm going he knows what i'm thinking mm-hmm. while i'm at that place i'm going uh and some people are going holy cow god can read my mind <laughs> yes yeah, that's that's a very sobering thought for many yes. realizing that not only is god seeing everything that you do uh knowing everything that you do but he knows 
everything that you think and every reason why you do everything. So let me sidetrack for a minute. I tell pastors that I'm training this and listen, you need to know this. This is like need to know information. Everybody sins. Yes. People will say, well, you can come to a place in your faith where you don't sin anymore. I think you can come to a place to where you don't sin as big or as often. But there's always a little bit of pride, a little bit of something in there. You yeah. could be close to being it, but I don't think you ever arrive. But here's the point. What do you do with your sin? Because when you sin, especially for your pastor, so those of you listening that have pastors, have compassion for them in this area. Or, or missionaries. Oh, you, you don't have somebody you can tell. You should have somebody, but you don't. There's people in the church that think they want to be that person, but you don't ever feel like you do. So what do yeah. you do with your sin? You recognize God is omnipresent. He was there when you did it. Yep. God is omniscient. He knows what you thought, what you were thinking, and what you're thinking now. So you don't have to pretend. You don't have to play. Nope. Live as if God is real, because he is. And just say it like it is. Lord, you were there. You saw you know that what I, I was did X. You know I was thinking X. You know I've made this mistake before. I need your help. I need you to deliver me from this, Lord. I confess that I've sinned. I confess that I've sinned against you. Uh, and I recognize that I need to change and I choose to change, Lord. Help me change. Mm. And, and I confess. And, and now... You believe that God has received what you said. You believe that God has forgiven you because his word says he will. Mm -hmm. And now, and, and you believe that God will give you the strength to carry on. He also won't overrun your free will, but he'll give you the strength to, to move forward and not do that sin anymore. And you go on. But you unburden that. Because if you crush that thing down, if you crush that sin down and you just kind of hide it and don't... And it's going to come out somewhere else and it's probably going to come out in an even worse way, and it probably is going to be much worse than whatever you were originally dealing with. Well, it's with. like take a piece of clay and put it in your hand and squeeze your fist as hard as you can. Now try to predict which, which feet, between which two fingers that clay is going to come out or where it's going to come out. It's going to come it's out. It's going to, but you don't know how. And right. you don't know what kind of a mess it's going to make. So you've got to deal with your sin while you have a place to deal with it. And you have to you have to believe that God is real and believe that his word is true and believe that he means what he says. Take him at his word. Mm -hmm. Right? If you will confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive. Jesus died on the cross for your sins, past, present, and future. Right? Mm -hmm. So... Take him at his word and deal with it head up. Okay, so I'm, I'm sorry to do that sidetrack, but man, but that so is important. one of the most important things I teach people. And it is one of the things that has kept me safe. Because listen, ministry, uh, when, you're, when you haven't grown and you haven't learned how to walk by faith, or you're just young in that, you haven't learned how to really live as if God is real, you have all of the pressures of the world and the, that performance pressure on top of you, all that's weighing on you. It is so easy to get sucked into something. It's something benign. Something as benign as working out can become an idol. Oh, absolutely. I've, I mean, I've seen it happen a lot, actually. <laughs> right? You start noticing the pastor's getting all buffed up, and you're like, okay, what's he hiding? What's he dealing with? What's he crushing down? Right. right. And then all of a sudden, it's come squirting out in some weird way that you are just like... Some crazy moral failing that no one was expecting. Yeah. So, uh, and, and then... For those of you who aren't pastors or aren't missionaries, be praying for your pastor or your missionaries, mm -hmm. just knowing that the enemy wants to take them out in a spectacular fashion. 
Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I think you actually hit on something interesting when you were talking about, you know, you've sinned and praying and then believing that God hears you. Because I think that that's an example of one of the ways that many of us aren't acting like God were real because we pray, but then sometimes I think we feel like we're talking to a wall, right? Because we, we know that God is here with us, but he isn't here physically with us. Right. We don't have a face to look at. Right. We don't have, you know, a hand to hold. Right. You know, a cologne to smell. You know, like right. we don't we don't have those five I think he would smell like old spice, just saying. Okay. Uh by the way, he's saying that because he wears old spice. So no, because it's just my favorite, <laughs> it's my favorite smell. My grandpa was wear old spice. But but you know what I'm saying though? That we pray and then we feel like did God even hear that? Or Is just, anybody even listening there on the other side? Or, or we're praying our will be done. Mm. See, if God is real, then we need to pray his will be done. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, let your will be done. Right? At the end, you know, that, that, you know at, at the, in the Lord's Prayer, he's not praying for his own will. Right. Right? Um, and so we need to pray... Uh, that God's will would be done, that's the prayer of faith. That's the prayer of belief that God is real. The prayer that God is not real is when we start thinking, I got to say these magic words or pray these magic formulas or I've got to. And God has to do what I want. That's witchcraft. That's not. Yeah. That's not Christianity. And that's not a real belief in a sovereign God. So let's no. take a minute. Um, I have a specific situation in mind, not. A specific situation, but a specific example in mind. Okay. Okay. So let's say that I, um, oh, okay, I'll use an example. And the, don't take this seriously. I'm just using an example. Oh, okay. <laughs> so let's say that I was like, you know, Maddie, you really need to get your PhD. Okay. And I was convinced. I was like, I knew in my heart you should get it. I knew that your intellect is wasted without those letters after your name. And this is just hypothetical. Okay. okay. <laughs> now, I'm not saying this to you. I know I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to be okay. sitting here crying after the podcast. No, 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 no. Listeners, no, check I, on me, please. Yeah, <laughs> you have a master's degree, and that's great, and that's plenty. That's <laughs> more than enough. More than enough. Um, and, uh, but you're con- but in in this example, let's I'm convinced, say you're convinced, and not only not only convinced that it's my will for you, but I'm convinced it's that it's will. God's plan for your life. Okay? okay, so I come to you and I say, Maddie, listen, you've got to do this. I, there's these four different programs. I've actually made some phone calls to some professionals I know, and they've told me all you have to do is send over your application and a copy of your master's thesis, and you're in. They'll even find scholarships for you. Yeah. And you're like, I just don't feel God leading me to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm not called to that. I'm still traumatized with the master's thesis, and the idea of writing a dissertation makes me cry a lot, right? Um, which is what many That's masters- a true part of the example, you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is something. It is a transformative experience, to be sure, if you do it right. Um, anyway, so... I don't do it. You don't do it. Now, what if are, God's real... What's your response going okay. to be? Okay, so here's my God's not real response. I try to guilt you. I try to manipulate you. I try to trick you. I try to push you. I keep nagging you about it over and over. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need yeah. to do this. You need to do this. Try every which way to, to argue you, me into it, argue, convince me. Argue and convince you into it. If God is real, then what I do is I say, Lord, 
I really think that Maddie should get her PhD. I think she's not living up to the potential you gave her and she's wasting her talents. So Lord, if it's your will, if you think that, change her heart and change her mind and lead her to do that on her own. But Lord, if I'm wrong, change my heart and change yep. my mind. That's the key. That is a prayer of faith prayed by a person who believes God is real. Because here's something that I think is really important. If you believe that God is real, then you have to believe that his word is true. Right. Okay? And if you believe that his word is true, it means that everything that the Bible tells us about who God is, is true. So... It means that if we believe God is real, we have to believe that he's sovereign. We have to Which believe... Which means he controls everything, yes, over everything. over everything. We have to believe that his providence, and we've, we've talked about this in the podcast before, his providence and his providential hand are working all things together. We have to believe that his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts higher than our thoughts. We have to believe that he's outside of time, that he's all knowledgeable, that he knows every possibility, that he is the only one who knows everything exactly what we're supposed to do right but if we say that we believe god is real but we're not acting as if those things are true that i just listed then we're not acting like god's real and you know you mentioned at the beginning that kind of intellectual podcaster guy who's like i've chosen to believe i've chosen to act as if god's real and so sometimes when we say on the podcast you know, oh, act like God's real, or what if God was real? I worry that some people get confused and take it a little bit, um, like in the way that that podcaster is, because that podcaster doesn't actually believe in God, and he's not a Christian, but he's like, I've just chosen to act like God is real, and so, you know, that means living by biblical principles and living a moral life and and stuff like that. Um, But for us, when we're saying what if God is real or what if we acted like God is real? What we're saying is not, you know, maybe God's real, maybe he isn't, but let's act like he is. What we're saying is God is real. We know he's real. We know his word is true. We know he is who he says he is. Let's act like it. What would happen in our lives? What would happen in our society? What would happen in our churches? What would happen in our ministries if all the people who claim to be Christians, all the people who claim to believe in God actually acted in a way that lived out that knowledge that God's true. The what God would happen then? That God's real, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, because I, we, do, we do and say so many things, and I'm talking about the collective we as a church, Yeah. that say God's not real. In, right. co- in COVID... In the COVID uh, lockdown season, the COVID in, era, in the era of COVID, a lot of Christians did things that made the loud declaration, "God's not real." Now, if you say to them, "Is God real?" Well, you all believe God's real. Well, here's the little trick, you guys. This is a little theology 101 for you. Belief is not just belief. There are three aspects of belief. There's the intellectual, there's the emotional, and there's the volitional. That's the action piece. Right, the action piece. Um, the intellectual part is you believe. Now, you can be convinced of something is true, even if it's not true. But you can be convinced that God is real 
through argumentation, through evidence, through logic, through reason, you can be convinced God is real. You can be convinced God is real just because the people that you normally listen to, believe and in God. they believe in God, and you believe them on everything else, you're going to believe them on this too. Okay? Yeah. Well, that's, that's the first step, but that is not full belief. No. The next aspect of belief is, is emotional. So, and it may not be progressive in this way, but the emotional aspect is, you know, because I believe this thing is true, it makes me feel some kind of way. And that's a, that's a the theological term. Some feel kind some of kind of way. way. Right. And so, because I believe this, I feel, I, because I believe this chair is trustworthy, I, I feel that I can sit down on it without any challenges. Right. Because I believe that this... Um, uh, well, vaccines are popular uh, conversation today because I believe this flu vaccine is going to prevent me from getting a bad version of the flu or maybe getting the flu at all, whatever I believe about then it. Then I feel safer because I got then it. Then I feel safer because I got it. If I believe God is real, then I'm going to feel the safest, the happiest, and the best when, I'm tr in, when I am trusting myself to this sovereign, all-powerful, all-knowing all present, all good, God, right? I'm that. going to feel at peace knowing that God is in control. I'm yes. going to feel at peace knowing that God is who he says he is. Yes. So if I believe intellectually and now my feelings are, are, are being impacted by that belief, there's a last piece, and that's the volitional piece. That's the action piece. That's mm -hmm. what causes me to do something. So... When we, we've talked about choosing the way of faith throughout this, you know, throughout this whole podcast, that's the harder way. Mm -hmm. You can't choose the harder way without believing God is real. Oh, absolutely not. You really have no hope of doing it if you don't believe that God is real. Right. right. <laughs> because if God's, because here's the thing, what is the harder way if not choosing to do the thing where the answer to the question is always the seven words of faith? I don't know, but God knows. Right. So if God's not real, or if you don't fully, fully know in your heart that God is real, then how are you going to how are you going to be satisfied with the answer? I don't know, but God knows. Right. And it's, well, it's like I've got this old Chevy Tahoe. It's over twenty years old. It's got all kinds of things broken on it, and things that are wanting to break, and make sounds that I've never heard a vehicle make before, and and uh, and you know. The, the the way of man, the way of uh, the way that's probably right in the eyes of man, the way that's you know uh, that's not the way of faith. And for me to say, well, I got to go out and I got to find a way to raise some money, and then I've got to find a way to get myself a a more reliable vehicle that I can drive in the snow and drive off road. When I we actually go to ministry places, sometimes it, you drive five miles on dirt roads to get there. We just did <laughs> we a couple just Sundays did. ago, and uh, it was not five miles, probably more like three miles, but still. Um, and I think that, uh, but the way of faith, the way that says God is real is to say, Lord, I trust you. You know my wants and you know my needs and you know the difference. I don't always know the difference. Hard and to so tell sometimes. When it's time for me to have a, us to have a reliable ministry vehicle that fits us all, we can pack all our ministry gear in, can guess where we're going, you provide it. And until or unless, right? Until, this one. until and unless that happens, you know, you continue to steward what God has yes. given to you. 
Right. Take take good care of it. Mm-hmm. Do the best you can do with it. And that applies to everything. In and our you lives. get out. You get out on the car and you get out on the road and you say, "Well, Lord, we've we've changed the oil and we've put the gas in it and we've made sure everything mm-hmm. that we can is working and we're just trusting you to get us get us where we're going." If God can create the whole world out of nothing, if God can make seeing eyes blind, God can make a unreliable vehicle work. You can make lame if, if, beggars rock. I'll put it to you this way. If, if God can resurrect people, right. if God can, if, you know, if God can bring people back from the dead, if Lazarus is coming back from the dead, God can resurrect any vehicle. Yes. Right? Exactly. If he so chooses in his will, he can do it. And so if we are understanding of the fact that God can do anything, and we know that God has has nothing but good gifts for his children and we know that god works all things together for the good of those who love him then we know that when we don't get the things that we want when we don't think things are working out for our good it's not because god is punishing us it's not because god's not real it's not because anything like that it's because we just don't understand a lot of the times what's good for us and what isn't good for us what's a need what's a desire we don't see that bigger picture and so if you're not living like god is real if you don't fully believe that god is real you're going to be discouraged constantly because if you're just looking at the outside world and the things going on in the world today you're going to be constantly discouraged and upset yeah there's a lot in the world to look at to go whoa this is scary yeah. But you know, we die, we, if we can just take a moment and wrap up with uh, the perspective of our persecuted brothers and sisters, um, they don't have all these worries that we do. Hmm. Because they're straight at the place of, well, God's either real or I'm sunk. Yeah. Because my kid's sick, there's no medicine, and they wouldn't let me in the hospital anyway. So we're praying, and we have to believe God for either healing here on earth or healing going to heaven and they see both they see miracles all the time because they don't have yeah. a choice they, you know I, I asked a, a Baptist pastor one time from a denom- you know a denomination that's a cessationist they don't believe that you know that the spiritual gifts discussed in Corinthians are happening today and uh, I said what's your position on miracles and he looked me dead in the face and this is uh, in Cuba you know, a couple decades ago and he goes hey without miracles we would die Hmm. Right, and we were sitting there trying to have a little bit of food to eat, and there was not really any bread or anything. And we needed a little bread because all we had was like fried plantains and some rice. And uh, a knock on the door, some little girl from somewhere in the jungle comes walking up with a bag full of little bread that her mom had gotten enough wheat to make some loaves of bread. And was trying to wow. sell them. We're like, we'll buy all of them. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's but that's normal life. Because if God is real, somebody with bread shows up at your door when you need bread. Yeah. If God is real, or not. But if God is real, you have the faith to say, well, they didn't, so I guess it wasn't what was going to happen. I think of the Indian pastor uh, uh, in the Punjab region of uh, India and the American missionary. Uh, the American missionary told me this story, so it wasn't, uh, this is not a third-hand story. He told me the story himself, and he said, he said I was in, uh, in, in India, and we were working on uh, doing a church project, and he said, um, we had our lunches that were delivered. They have this whole lunch delivery system that they do in India. It comes from your home. It's these metal dishes. And oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. 
and somebody um, stole their lunches. So the American pastor is mad. The American missionary, he's mad. He's like, well, where do you think they are? What are we going to do? The Indian pastor says, sit down. And he begins to pray. And he says, Lord, I thank you that the people who were hungry enough to steal were able to find a good meal to eat today because I know my wife made a really good meal for us. And so we pray, Mm. Lord, you would sustain them and you would bless them and that they would come to know you and that they would no longer have the need to steal. And, uh, and Lord, we thank you for the opportunity of you allowing us to get this lunchtime to fast together today in prayer. Mm. That's a man that believes God's real. Yeah. And I believe That's that powerful. belief is available to all to, for all of us. But we in the West, we American Christians, we have to work harder for it because... Because we have so much opportunity, we have so much prosperity, we have so many blessings, we have so many options. We have so many other places and so many other things that we can look to besides yeah. God. Yeah. That sometimes we get distracted, our judgment gets clouded. We look every other place before we look to God. We look to God as the last resort, right? We say, well, you know, all we can do now is just pray. As if that's something that you do when you've tried everything else. And oh, I guess we can just pray about it and see what happens. So the next time you hear me ask you the question, what if God was real? I'm not saying to you, God might or might not be real. Let's pretend. What I'm saying to you is, I see you acting in your flesh. Mm. How about acting in your faith? Because God is real. God is real? What's going to happen in you, in your world, in your sphere, if you start acting like it? That's what I want to see. Yes. I, want, I want to see all of us acting, acting out that truth. Yeah. I think we will see amazing things happen when we all decide to live in a way that shows that we do know that God is real. Yeah. And let's work on ourselves first. Yes, All right. absolutely. <laughs> God bless you guys. Thanks for being with us again for episode 31. We'll catch you next week. All right, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Harder Way podcast. If you were encouraged by this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review. To be the first to know when we publish new episodes, subscribe to the Harder Way podcast on your favorite platform. Until next time, remember the words of Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.